0: And we're good to go. Are we? We are. Isn't that more of an existential question rather than a technical one? Just <laughs> are recording, but are we good to go?
1: Reasonably good to go. It's Friday. Mm. Yeah, we got to give up our foster pup today, uh, which is going to be sad. Got to or get to? Uh, we... But well, while both, um, we get to take her to um, this guy, his family, Marina Del Rey, and it's kind of crazy. Is that Shannon worked with them? Oh, and he's just been randomly on this list for a golden retriever for like a year and a half, and so we got to. They've got a dog from the retriever already. So mm-hmm. we're gonna see if they get together and they
0: work well together, which I think they will, and then we gotta say goodbye. So, this list. The guy's been on the list waiting for a retriever for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's more people looking to adopt than there are. Okay. Yeah. Dogs. Okay. Yeah. So, because we had a couple of neighbors
1: come here and meet the dog and they were like, we want to apply. And I was like, okay. And then um, they were like, okay. So, like, do we get the dog or not? And I was like, I have no idea. They've got this long ass list. Mm-hmm. Start from the top and go mm-hmm. down. And you're probably at the bottom right now. Yeah which kind of sucks because it would be awesome to be like place, a dog like with your neighbor Mm -hmm. and you get to see him all the time. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. It's funny, like adopting dogs. They're like, we have to come and interview you. We need to check out your house. Mm -hmm. Whereas cats, they're like, I don't know, like, good luck. (laughs) 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 You seem nice. (laughs) here." But I think people, I've seen people adopt dogs that don't know what they're doing or probably shouldn't have a dog. I don't think I've seen anyone adopt a cat, like, by accident. And, you know, it doesn't mean all cats are good and some cats are assholes. And I think people certainly will, like, mistreat their cats. But, I don't know, it's a different culture. <laughs> <laughs> different culture. But I love these, like, uh, species rescue leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was involved with the Siamese Cat Rescue League around D.C. And, mm-hmm. you know, Siamese cats are, like, special breeds. And, you know, golden retrievers are can be quite expensive if you Buy them from a breeder. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, a lot of them end up unwanted. So I think it's great. But sad to sort of like see them go, right? Yeah. Here for a week, get attached to them.
1: I mean, she was really skittish and nervous when she first got here. And then, and, you know, you could see her coming out of her shell for the first three days. Mm-hmm. And then, cause they always say it's uh, three days, three weeks, three months for a, a foster. and. Now she's really comfortable and she's starting to get mischievous. Mm-hmm. Because she feels at home and it's like just at that point, like, all right, now you got to go. Mm-hmm. So,
0: mm-hmm. But I think the important thing is that she found love. Oh, you know? yeah. Stable house and like, yeah, it's unsettling. Like, oh, I'm just getting attached to these people. But, you know.
1: It's cool to be able to provide that mm-hmm. and be like, here you go. Like the dog's better now.
0: The talks enjoy better it better now <laughs> we fixed it yeah, um, yeah that's great choose a sweetheart so wait that's today or tomorrow that's today yeah. today wow hmm so what do you get the next one
1: uh well we're gonna go to we're going skiing at the end of the month so we're gonna wait until after
0: after that and mm-hmm.
1: then, uh, we'll talk to our foster dog sponsor <laughs> yeah dog broker <laughs> see what's on the market uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> and see if you want to put a a by order, I don't know the metaphor now. Um
0: but yeah. yeah. Cool. And I assume there's always like a list of dogs that need foster homes. Uh yeah, it's not
1: super big and there's a lot of fosters for this Southern California Golden Retriever Rescue.
0: Mm-hmm. Southern California Chick Magnet Rescue. League.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not all they're not all pups. Uh and so that, I think that's the we got they try to situate you with a a very good first foster so you uh-huh. can kind of get the you know, and scare you off. Yeah, and then you know, you're like, "Oh man, this is awesome. Let's do it again." And then they're like, "Okay, here's something a little harder." Mm. You know, I think I bet you it's something like that.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Cuz like we have Lily like the most loving dog that I know of in recent memory as a foster. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I no idea what the next one's going to be. Level 2, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. But yeah, they this old lady uh had her and then had to give her up because she was having medical issues and couldn't really, you know, take care of an active dog. Right. And so she had to give her up. How old is the dog? Uh, just turned one. Yeah. Which is wild. It's like, you know, it wasn't that long. Right. And being, you know, getting attached and then having to, especially because she's super loving. Um, Like if you're if you're standing there next to her and you're not petting her, she'll nuzzle your, your fingers so you can start petting her. Mm-hmm every day all the time and mm-hmm. so it's like okay if you had to give that up like that's that'd have been heart heartbreaking mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm I had some friends who had to surrender a dog um they had the dog for a couple of years and they had kids and then like I don't know if it was the kids and the dog didn't get along or like the dog started misbehaving because of the kids or maybe it was just like too much work for them mm-hmm. to have a couple of kids and this dog um Anyway, they surrendered it. I think they gave it to, like, a friend of theirs or something. So it's not like they just, you know, threw it on the street. Yeah. Um. And it was heart-wrenching for them. And, the you know, they would, like, see the dog afterwards because their friend had it. And they would sort of oh. drive by the house and, like, see the dog in the window. And, like, every time it was just a dagger to the chest. And it's oh. like, well, I don't know. That's. Yeah. <sighs> what do you do? I know, right?
1: I had a friend in New York that had a a dog that was without a dog that was super aggressive and just didn't like mm-hmm. people or dog, really anybody except the mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I got bit by it and uh they had a kid and the dog became very possessive of the kid mm. and attacked people randos that were trying to like, you know, say hi to the baby and they were like, okay, we, we cannot have this dog in the house because now it's a threat to any, literally anybody that comes around. Right. At that point I was like, okay, that's, that's, I can understand surrendering that. Like that's a hazard yeah. to yourself, your kid, and
0: anybody else. hmm Yeah. Actually happened to my sister. They got a not a foster, but they rescued a dog and then um it got very attached to their daughter, mm-hmm. who is younger than than she is now, which is how time works. But um Yeah, and would start like defending the daughter against them, like her parents. And they were like, uh oh. <laughs> that's, that's the wrong hierarchy here now. No. So um that didn't work and Yeah, those are tough situations. It's just like, you're an asshole animal. Like, who's... (laughs) who's
1: I mean, Graham, when he
0: was a year and a half, he got
1: in bed one time before to snug Shannon. Before I got in there, so I was like brushing my teeth and I got in there. As I'm like lifting the covers, he starts to growl at me. I fucking grab him and throw him off like, no, oh no.
0: Not not how it works. No. That's
1: a slippery slope to sleep in another room. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you got to lay down the law with animals. Because, yeah, you can't reason with them. You don't talk to them. You just physically express <laughs> what's going on. Um, but dogs are funny like that because they, you know, the way they're tied into social dynamics, they're just always, like, aware of how you feel about them in a way that I think only, you know, people are because mm-hmm. of our social dynamics. Whereas cats are not paying attention to your feelings about them (laughs) at all not how it works Um, so that's not really a lever for controlling behavior yeah Um, I heard I was reading a story one time or an essay or something about a guy who adopted a wolf continue Um, I was like it must have been on Cora and people were like oh like wouldn't it be cool to adopt a wolf and the guy was like well I did once Here's my experience. And this guy, like, he lived... He lived in a good place. He was, like, on a ranch somewhere. He wasn't really around people. So he had room for it. Um, And he had been around, I don't know, dogs and wild animals or something. So he sort of, like, knew how to physically deal with this creature. It wasn't like he was in over his head. But he was like, you know, it's a lot of work. Like, a wolf is a large animal. Um, It's not really domesticated, right? Uh, <laughs> By definition. I mean, they. I think they... I don't know if they raised it or like rescued it when it was like young and injured or something. It wasn't entirely feral, but it also was like not domesticated, right? And he said, you know, one time he broke his leg and was just like on crutches around the house. And he was like, and the wolf started looking at me funny. <laughs> and <laughs> he was like, after that, we got rid of the wolf. It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I see where this is going. Oh, man. But funny to think the animal's like, ooh. Now's the time. My chance. <laughs> oh man. And just you know, to recognize that that look and that power dynamic. Wow, oh, okay. That must have been scary as hell. Right? Because, you know, yeah, because you feel like shit, I am vulnerable. Absolutely. This is not a drill. And like this, <laughs> this is not a drill. Yeah, like I am crippled and weak. Like <laughs> this is not that's, a test that's of how the it happens. Wolf system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not the time for like, oh, well, let's,
1: let's just cuddle and talk it out. Like, yeah, it's going to eat me. Oh no. The, I got down this rabbit hole of toucans because on Reddit, someone had a toucan <laughs> and they're so cool looking, right? Uh-huh. Like the rainbow bill, uh-huh. like that's humongous. And then they just have this like funny, they look like a cartoon, right? Well, we mostly see them like Toucan Sam. Like that's yeah. the most we've seen. Toucans. Yeah. And then uh, they're really sweet and they like, this guy had videos of like, he was on his computer and it was on his shoulder and the bill was like nuzzling around his neck and uh, everybody on Reddit was like, oh my God, cutest thing ever. Like, how do you take care of it? And it's got this insane specialty diet where it needs like certain electrolyte water, certain um, really? nuts. Yeah, because it has a certain uh, diet to keep its bill like in order. Otherwise the bill literally like disintegrate and fall off and it dies. And so I was like, oh, okay, never mind. But they survive in the wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they, I mean, they live in the fucking jungle. Specialized diets. Not Seattle.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. They're cool looking. I mean, I don't know. I think they're,
0: they're up there as like one of the coolest looking birds. They are cool looking. I read a cool thing about um, how their bills are structured. Yeah? Because their bills are like incredibly strong. Right? They just crack nuts or some shit. Um. But it's not like a big piece of bone. It's sort of two structures that are individually very weak. Oh. Like there's the outer shell of it, mm-hmm. um, and then an inner sort of comb structure. And the comparison was to like picture a um a like a, a triangle in three dimensions, so sort of like a bar in a triangle shape, but made of like a flimsy plastic. So you could like kind of crush it very easily. But um what you can't do is um kind of
1: portion or whatever.
0: Yeah. You can't like bend it around its axis. Cause that would make it compress or expand along the uh, fibers and like, but it's kind of flimsy on its own. <clears throat> and that's analogous to the outer shell of the toucan's uh, beak or bill or whatever it is. Um, and the inner thing is like styrofoam, which you can just snap in half, but um it's very difficult to crush, you know, it might give a little bit, but it's not, you can't really crush styrofoam. Uh. So, each of them is weak in, in its own way, but then when you put them together, um, the sort of flimsy outside layer doesn't bend in the way that would snap the styrofoam, yeah. and the styrofoam like helps the outer layer hold its shape. Yeah, and that's what that's what gives their bills their their strength. Yeah, it's lets like and be like lightweight Re re-barring concrete. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So it's one of those nature things of like, not only is it super strong, but it's lightweight. You know, easy to manage. And, It looks cool. When uh, I was back in
1: outside Philadelphia during the holidays, I saw a bald eagle for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you you read, like, they're big birds. They're fucking huge. Oh my goodness! Like, you know, like flying raptor. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's gonna mess some shit
0: up. I used to see them occasionally when I was living in Seattle. They would just like post up in a tree outside work and the seagulls would go nuts after them just like harassing them and shit just like really obnoxious and these birds were 20 times the size of a, a seagull and they were sort of unperturbed you could tell they were kind of like fuck these fuck <laughs> these guys but yeah dude even at a distance like large birds large birds um there's a hawk that hangs
1: around here and sometimes i'll find bones on the uh, outside of the office here, mm-hmm. um, and one time I wasn't paying attention. I was like sitting here doing some a call. I was like, ah, I need like coffee or something or tea. So I'm like, get up and I open the door, and there's a hawk standing on the, the patio. Uh-huh. And so I wasn't paying attention. And I open it, and, he, and he like flies off. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, what the hell is going on? And like I take another step because now the hawk's on the on the roof, and I hear this rodent underneath the deck like
0: Uh-oh.
1: like
0: definitely got tagged uh-huh. definitely. Hmm. yeah you don't think of like birds of prey you think of like a jungle cat or a wolf or maybe snake but like yeah have you seen these videos on YouTube of like um, golden eagles or bald eagles picking up like large animals (laughs) like goats and stuff and just like tossing them off a cliff it's crazy man it's crazy because we're not that much bigger (laughs) than those animals
1: don't go out there on crutches no no.
0: It'd be impressive if you got that far out into the wilderness on crutches, too. <laughs> Bird would probably be like, what are you I doing here? I did it. <laughs> and now I'm going to
1: die. Um, did you ever uh, read about that Into the Wild guy? Like, went in Alaska and then lived in that school bus and then ate poisonous berries and died?
0: I've heard about a couple of morons that go out into Alaska and then die. <laughs> Um, it's also the entire
1: channel of TLC. Really? I don't want to, it's like, you know, this, and then they're on YouTube and this one, uh, it's about, he's got some, the thing I watched is he created a little hydroelectric, uh, system for this Creek that's nearby and it powers his whole house. And it's really cool. Like awesome. And then he's like, Oh, I use that power to make a sauna. And they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like there's nothing. Right. it's like, Oh, like, yeah, good sauna. Yeah. Like good on you, dude. Um, but to get, like, more clicks, they, he, like, dressed his wife, or his wife dressed, like, very scantily clad. Sure. And, you know, is leaning over doing, like, you know, handiwork. And it's just like, oh, come on. It's, it's overt. Yeah. i have to show you. It's distracting. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It'd be like having, like, watching Bob Vila, except, like, Pamela Anderson's there wearing a bikini and, like, holding the board as he, like, saws it.
0: I saw some Instagram channel the other day of some like hippie couple. I think they used to live in, in California and then they moved to the Midwest um, to like live closer to land, you know, get some like land and uh, garden. And their whole thing is like the naked gardener stuff. And it's like, it's just them sort of homesteading in the 21st century, which is cool. And they got this garden and they like build stuff on their property. And that's okay. Fine. But then she's just naked for no reason. And they like they never show her boobs, because then it would be, you know, pornography. But she's always just, you know, naked from the back, or just like you see her butt or something, and it's like her in the garden being all hippie and natural. And I'm into that stuff, right? I love being naked in the garden. But it's like Why? Like the point of this is homesteading, and I don't actually see you naked. So I'm just I feel like I'm being led around by my dick, which is, I guess, you know, the secret underbelly of advertising (laughs) they're like how can we get these guys dicks involved have you watched a beer commercial recently (laughs) actually no but i i know what you
1: mean did you know that uh for uh alcohol ads you cannot show someone actually drinking the beverage
0: huh i was not aware of that yeah shannon told
1: me years ago and it's one of those things where you're like no way and then you watch it and everyone it's just like it's right there there. Uh yeah and it's like they'd be right by their mouth cheersing, putting it down after we just drank, never in the lips. Hmm. Yeah, It's kind of a fun exercise when you're watching like football or something and you see the ads like, oh
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else is fun is watching stuff like that with the sound off and you just sort of see how these people are behaving in their body language. And then the commercials, well, depending on the commercial, right? But like a beer commercial will look, Hopelessly cheesy, <laughs> and just a very obvious like buy this beer. Yeah, look at how fun these people are with this beer. Look at how fun the Coors Light train is. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems so
1: Coors Light train. It's a throwback. They don't do that anymore. I uh, I haven't seen a Coors Light ad in a while, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, it's just a hilarious thing to tie like these ad executives. Like, what do we? How do we sell this light beer from? Oh, dude,
0: the train, the cold train, People the frosty trains. trains. <laughs> yeah. They were probably like drunk one day, and a can was lying on its side, and they were like, "That sort of looks like an old train." <laughs> choo <Choo-choo>. choo! <I still laughs> <mentioned>. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's buy that on buy brilliant. time the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But you know, what we're fun commercials. Um, with the old Budweiser commercials, uh, when they were like, "Was up? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. That and Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius was excellent. Dude, that was a funny fucking series of commercials. Although my favorite um, was Up commercial, because they had like a bunch of spinoffs, right, was the one with the white guys. And they were like, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, I remember that one now.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That was the big chat. (laughs) Pick up the cordless. <laughs> Pick up the cordless. <laughs> this was the 90s. Dude, that was funny. And I feel like those commercials sort of kicked off the like, we're not going to talk about beer. We're just going to like entertain you. And yeah. and that was cool. Um, but
1: I yeah. Remember, I remember the uh, parody of that in the Scream
0: movie. Um, not, in, uh, not in Scream. It was uh, Scary Movie. Scary Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. I don't know if I saw. I think I saw the first Scary Movie. But when I was going uh, back to watch these clips on YouTube recently, that's what a lot of the comments were like. Oh my god! I just thought this was a thing in scary movie. Nope. Nope. This is a advertising sensation. Yeah. In the nineties.
1: The crazy. Speaking of the Coors Light cheese train, the sorry cheese train, cheesy train. Oh, that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, the remember, like the mountains would turn blue if it was under a certain temperature. Yes. That was the single biggest revenue lift for a beer in like a hundred years. What do you mean revenue lift? Like it increased sales of the beer? Yes. Wow. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was like over 10%. It was just, you know, unheard of. And it was just like the, you know, this one random changing color
0: dye. But, you know, it wasn't just a gimmick because like the beer is supposed to be cold. Sure. It's also Coors Light. But the beer is supposed to be cold.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Did you know Coors Light used to not be um, pasteurized? Uh no. Yeah. So Just Coors Light or all Coors? Uh, I don't. I only know of Coors Banquet beer and then Coors Light. So um, neither was pasteurized. The because uh, it was before it was distributed widely. Because uh, my dad used to tell me stories of he had truck driver friends that would get a giant cooler when they would go to Colorado, mm-hmm. pack it full of Coors, bring it over, and then share it with their friends. And it had to be cold the whole time because it was not pasteurized. Um. And so I and they loved it. They were like, "Oh my god, this is delicious!" Mm-hmm. And so I think the Coors Banquet beer and Coors Light now was just trying to commercialize that. You know, uh, beer in kegs are, is not pasteurized. Uh, not all. Really?
0: Yeah. I thought most beer in kegs was not pasteurized.
1: No, I mean you can see them out like hanging out, not in. Uh, it's like what is it, Pliny the Elder, which is from Russian River Valley Brewing, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, they actually go and inspect like before they allow their beer. Uh, where are you going to store it? Cause they, they say you have to sit it for three days after it gets delivered. So Wait, it, did you still like a bar? Yeah. Okay. And then they inspect the lines and stuff to make sure it's not, you know, shitty beer lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be cold from start to beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, if you buy the, buy the, uh, bottles at the store, you can only buy one case a person. So when Shannon and I go up there, we both get in the line. We both get a case, mm-hmm. and we put it in our, you know, the wells of the seat in the car and put ice on top and bring it home.
0: Hmm. So, wait, it's not pasteurized. Nope. Okay. But other beer that comes in kegs is is usually not pasteurized. Uh, That's why kegs have to stay cold.
1: But not all. I mean, Budweiser doesn't. Like when you buy a keg of like Budweiser for a college party, like you then put it on ice.
0: Mm, They're generally in the fridge when you buy them. Not really. I gotta look, because I would buy them. I don't ever remember buying a warm keg of beer and then having to wait hours for it to cool off. Hold
1: on a second. Let's go to the robot.
0: Are all kegs of beer uh, pasteurized? And that's the original meaning of um, skunked. Yes, when it gets gets, warm, and then it's like, well. Ah, no, not
1: all kegs of beer are pasteurized. Some breweries use it to extend the life of beer by heating it to kill bacteria and deactivate the yeasts. However, many craft breweries and some larger breweries choose not to pasteurize a beer, preferring to keep the flavors as natural as possible. Non pasteurized beer requires refrigeration to maintain its quality and shorter shelf life.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. hmm. Thanks, Robot. So, yeah, if it comes in a bottle or something, it's probably pasteurized. You know, you're yeah. buying it in a store, but, um, Kegs tend to be refrigerated start to finish, so you should don't pasteurize them. It's my fratastic. <laughs> you belong to fret? Wisdom. I sure did. Oh, what what frat? Sigma Phi Epsilon. As
1: someone that's never been to like three frat parties in my life, sure.
0: I, I know. I mean, the letters don't mean anything, right? Yeah. Um, it's really sort of dependent on what uh, what was the chapter like at your college. And at our school, uh, we were sort of the misfits. I mean, people look at me now and they're like, I'm surprised you were in a frat. And all of us that were in this house had that reaction from our friends. Because we were all sort of like nerds and weirdos, but we would party pretty hard. But we didn't get a lot of girls. It's not like, you know, we had the bitches coming over. We were not that kind of house. I mean, you know, we dated women and we had friends and stuff, but it was like not this sort of thing. We were a funny mix of like, as they say, big nerds. who'd party a lot. So we were constantly getting in trouble with the cops. Cause we were just like recklessly endangering ourselves and other people. Um, but then the cops would show up, um, at three in the morning and we would just be like playing risk and getting drunk. Yeah. And they're like, what is it? And one time, dude, one time, um, we were, I just see like the cops
1: bust in. All right, everybody calm down. You're like rolling the dice, like trying to <laughs> try to invade Europe.
0: Yeah. And that's, that was a sort of balance we struck. Um, but we'd also like, so we were not, you were not allowed to have a keg on campus in my college. That was the deal. One time we snuck a keg into the house and this was, this was a big deal. Like we could have lost our charter. Uh, we could have get thrown off campus. Like it was not a small risk to take, but we took it. And, um, where'd you put the keg in my room, (laughs) put it like a blanket over or something. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and, you know, we just like going out of out with solo cups and just kind of play it cool. Um, and so the cops show up because, of course, the cops show up for one reason or another. And um, they know we're up to something because, of course, we're up to something. And uh, you're actually supposed to always drink alcohol out of solo cups, but people never did. And suddenly we were. And they were like, this is unusual. Like, why aren't you drinking out of cans or bottles? And so we're just sort of like shucking and jiving with these cops, which we got pretty good at. But we knew we had to get rid of them. Because the longer they hang around, you know, the more... Questions. The more chances we, we run of getting in trouble. So what we did was, and the backdrop, I went to school in Virginia, which is sort of a liberal state now, but was less so in the early 2000s. And I was in a small town, which was less liberal, even though it was a college town. And things were different in the early 2000s. Right, this is before gay marriage. Or gay marriage was a very hot button issue in the two thousand four presidential election. Anyway, so what we did to get rid of the cops is we had like uh, our living room, right, our little living room where we were hanging out with our television, and on the television we had uh we just put on a bunch of gay porn, just like whatever tapes we had lying around. Because of course we had tapes of gay porn lying around. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have that in just my uh, bingo card today. I know. It's like this is the kind of guys who are like, well, you know. Why not? Who knows? This is a kind of guys we are. <laughs> Who knows? And we had gay brothers and whatever, but. Um, oh, okay. well. Um. Anyway, somehow, like we produced the tapes of gay porn and we just like put it on television. We're just like one more Saturday night officer, just like <laughs> drinking a beer, enjoying some uh, entertainment between consulting adults. That got rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That got rid <laughs> of them. <laughs> we just just sitting there. Ah, cheers. Oh, look at them go. Oh, that's a nice maneuver. And um so anyway, that was the sort of shit we used to do. Oh my god. And it worked. It worked. <laughs> Got rid of them, we didn't get in trouble. They never and so like the you buried the lead. The
1: lead is you had gay pornography you used to get the cops out. But the lead the lead story was you put a keg un, in your room under a blanket.
0: Well, that was how the cops showed up and there were there were stakes. Like we had to get the cops yeah. out. And so how do we get the cops out? We don't like control them or Harass them we're just like... Like a code word, like bring it out? Them oh away. no, we got to bring out the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember the conversation where someone like was like, guys, guys, you know what would work? Let's put some gay porn on. And everyone's like, that's fucking genius. dude!" Like 100%. No one was like, that's too far. We couldn't possibly... <laughs> how embarrassing. They were like, oh, bring it out. No, Who's got yeah. it? Who's got it? <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't tell us to turn it off. Anyway, so... I had a great time in college, in frat life. Uh, We just, like, you know, we partied a lot. um, That's college. And I just had so much fun with my friends and, like, a bunch of really cool guys. And um, it was cool to be part of a club. And that was, like, my early experience of, like, being involved in a club where you had rituals to get in. Um, Some of them were pretty weird. And you know, you didn't like everyone, but like you belonged to this thing and you had meetings every week and you had structures around like, why do we have these meetings? Like we're going to tell fun stories, which bond us together. There's a forum for calling people out if they've wronged you, which I've really come to appreciate as a way to like defuse tension in the club because tension is inevitable. And like, how do you deal with it? And also like respect for the people that came before us in the club who helped institute some of these traditions, which, you know, the origins can be lost to time but something happens and you're like oh i'm glad glad we have that like it gives it it gives it its culture it gives it its flavor come sail away that stick song comes on everybody loses their minds why like that's what we do i don't know it's just part of the deal um and so you know it was fun being kind of a men's club like I mean, your frat
1: weird. situation room and you open the door and there's a vinyl of come sail away next to Gateboard. <laughs> <under me.
0: laughs> like, Which one do we need right yeah. now? And a warm beer yeah. to shotgun. Yeah. Well, actually we, so when we were pledging, we would have to have these pledge packs with us at all times. And in the pledge pack, this was like the supply thing, right? Yeah. Um, It would be a couple shots of liquor, mm-hmm. oh. preferably cheap liquor, oh. cigarettes, um, cigars, snuff, mm-hmm. dip, mm-hmm um porn like paper porn like nasty paper porn not like look at these hot women like gross shit um condoms um this is like a lot you put like a briefcase or something yeah i had like a little uh, satchel you have to have this on you at all times and would they like check you on it oh yeah they'd see you walking around campus desmond come here let me get a cigarette well, let me just like check your pledge pack, make sure everything's in there. Oh, so I mean, you would go out and buy everything at once, yeah, and then just kind of have it. But like, if you did not have your pledge pack, that was a big deal. Oh. You would get in a lot of trouble if you didn't have your pledge pack. But it was cool because you know you were always kind of supplied a lighter, you know, this sort of thing. Like, it was nice to have those supplies on you. Know? Yeah, that's Things cool. Emergency. So yeah, again, it's that sort of knowledge that I has accreted over time and it seems kind of dumb and in a way it is dumb, but it's also like, Oh, this is, this is also cool Yeah,
1: to be you're you're tribal. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, I have a lot of fun memories of that in, um, yeah. And I've been thinking recently about like joining a men's club and what would that mean? And it would be, I mean, different now than like, let's get together and party a lot. But, um, it was a really positive experience to be around just dudes in that kind of space. So I thought it was great.
1: Yeah. So we didn't have um, any, any uh, frats or sororities in art school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go to my first party until sophomore year. I went to a friend, like during winter break, I went to a friend's at FNM. And then my junior year, I went to Penn State to a frat party there with a friend. And I, first of all, that's a huge state state college. Mm-hmm. The scale and debauchery was not something I was prepared for. Mm -hmm. Like you have essentially like a bombed out house Mm -hmm. that has no, like just floors that are painted white, but they're certainly not white and they're not taken care of. Like there's, there's a sofa. Mm -hmm. It classifies as a sofa, but it's not a sofa. You can sit on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, you know, absolute insanity. And then you can go to the second floor, but you can't go to the third floor unless you're a uh, brother. Yeah. Brother. And uh, yeah, just the amount, like, you know, People fall on the stairs. Okay, now there's there's a foam machine downstairs. Like some dude falls down the stairs because the, the steps get slippery. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, writhing in pain, and it's like, oh, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. oh look, there, are, you know, a couple fucking over here. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It, the I was not prepared for that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it was it wasn't that fun. But I, I, I guess I was just kind of like a. I mean, I was a tourist. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the whole thing. Like if it was all your friends, like brilliant, but like being an outsider, not knowing the culture, you know, and everyone's it's literally like, you're looking at a foreign country with a foreign language. Right.
0: Yeah. And they're all in on it and you're oh, not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I had that experience when I was pledging, like when they asked me to join, I was like, no, that's fucking stupid. They eventually bullied me into it. Um, And they would say at the time, you know, it's different when you're in it. And it's like, yeah, that's what all cults say. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not drinking your Kool-Aid. Yeah. So I I understand what you're saying about that vibe. Did you guys um, at art school have like guilds or any sort of like informal clubs that weren't Greek life, but, you know, groups that would get together and throw parties?
1: Not really. We had uh, social groups Mm -hmm. and there was a couple of those that always had parties. And we were one for a couple of years and there's just like, I don't know, some people had just houses that were more able to have parties. Uh, usually the people that had those houses liked throwing parties. Mm-hmm. And so you just naturally gravitated, you know, there would be different groups of, of pockets of people that would go. And for some reason, I didn't really hang around graphic designers. I hang around a bunch of uh, visual effects people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't know why. Um, and then this one dude who was a graphic designer, he was like, I'm going to be the fur He was this fucking moron. We're gonna have sororities and frats. I'm gonna be the one that does it, and he would like get on a soapbox, waste it, and just like constantly do it. And after like a year of this, just like shut the fuck up, dude. Mm Like, what are you gonna do? Like, no, it's not art. Art people aren't that. Mm -hmm. Like, we're doing our little art thing. Art thing. Yeah, relax.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. The the painters were actually kind of cool. They had a house, not a house, but like there was two people I knew, and one of them was this guy Patrick. Uh, they would get fucked up in paint. And like listen to music quietly. <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh, rock and roll. <laughs> but I was like, it was like that. That's fun. Like, you know, they're doing oil paint that takes for fucking ever. Uh-huh. So like that, you, you know, you need as much time as you possibly can to make something nice. So mm-hmm. it was nice. Mm. They also smoked like boxes of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you can't like, I went in a couple times and you're like, you know, you can be there for like five minutes and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, like, now I'm an ashtray. I need to leave.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you remember smoking in bars? Remember when you could do that? Yeah, there's still some grandfathered in in
1: Philadelphia. and Really? Yeah, Westchester and even in Georgia, especially in Georgia. Shit. Grandfathered in? How does that work? Uh, if you had your liquor license and you allowed smoking before 1997 or something, you could keep smoking huh. in your bar. And guess what? Those bars made sure to keep keep running because...
0: Like, you know, that was a scarce, that's a scarce, uh, supply. I'm surprised now. they let people do that. Cause the point of the rule was like no one anywhere. Yeah. Like you can't do this anywhere.
1: Oh no. This was like, I mean, billows of smoke. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, it was hmm. awful. Actually all, most of the bars I went to in college allowed smoking and
0: mm-hmm. you know, you have to like throw, like throw out your clothes cause they were awful. yeah. Wash your hair or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They passed that like right after I graduated and Virginia it was like a t- Virginia's a tobacco state. We used to buy packs of cigarettes for like $250. Um, so we all smoked. And then um when they were passing this stuff, I had moved to Seattle and uh they passed it a few months later. And at the time, yeah, I'm 22, right? I'm like, fucking government telling everyone what to do, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, then they passed it, and I was like, wow, this is a lot nicer. <laughs> Yeah, having this, and then I went back to Virginia a couple years later. I don't know for whatever I was back for, and, um, and I met up with some friends at a bar where you could still smoke in the bar. And I was like, "What kind of Dark Ages shit is this? Like, what's going on here? You yeah. guys got to get with the program." So, um, yeah, wild to think about. Smoking Dude, the there was now.
1: a old place in Westchester called Jake's. Fucking love this place. Mm-hmm. They had the bartender one time. I brought a, a not a, my girlfriend, but it was just this girl that I was friends with. And the bartender knew it was not my girlfriend. And literally sit up and he was like, yo, who's this bitch? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 but it was like that kind of place, like where, you know, and wow. and, and uh we we our tits off, but you could smoke in there. <laughs> we <our> tits off. <laughs> they had a shuffleboard. You're not really like conveying you're conveying the scene here. Yeah, and then uh, they had, and even better, they only had uh Miller High Life, Miller Light, and Jameson shots. And the glasses, which were cold glasses, were 50 cents. That was it. Wait, place, what do you mean the glasses were 50 cents? Like you would get a glass of beer of Miller Light or Miller High Life for 50 cents.
0: Oh, wow. Wait, 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 wait. I love that there are like two options are like the same beer. <laughs> well,
1: one's a champagne of beers and one's the
0: light one. Yeah, do you want champagne or do you want beer? <laughs> yeah. At least at the McSorley's, they would have light and dark. <laughs> but yeah, this place, it rocked.
1: It was so much fun to get fucked up there. And of course, it, you know, attracted a certain clientele. Yeah, sure. Wow. You know, you can only get so fucked up on 50 cent Miller Lite. And then you'd transition over to Jameson shots and then they would like carry you out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we had a bunch of nights like that.
1: (laughs) Oh, but the pizza guy next door, he was smart. There's a pizza place next door. That is smart.
0: I don't need to tell you. No, I think that sells (laughs) itself. (laughs) Uh, I would love to go to a bar that allows smoking. Once in a while I get sort of nostalgic for cigarettes. Um I went to go see Guns N Roses a couple years ago. They were playing at one of the stadiums around here, I don't know. And um they played pretty well. Getting to the stadium was like an administrative nightmare, but like once we finally got in where was uh, that? I don't know. One of the, I, th- I think USC? Okay. Anyway, to say parking was a nightmare undersells the initial shitty experience of getting to the show. Anyway, there we are. We're finally there. They're playing. It sounds good. Um, but we're sort of like outdoors, right, at the stadium. and. Um, oh, the Coliseum. Sure. The people in the group behind us were smoking cigarettes, which I don't think you were supposed to do. But we were like outdoor, like, I don't know. I didn't care. I was actually, I more than didn't care. I was thrilled. I was like, oh my God, it's like the eighties again. <laughs> yeah. People are smoking. Yeah. This is cool. This is what it smelled like to go see fucking guns and roses. Uh, I feel like I was having an authentic experience. <laughs> Dude, I, I went to the Queens of the stone age at the Barclays center in New
1: York years uh-huh. ago. And I just like, I was, it was a while since I'd been into an indoor concert. Um, And I got there and they're playing a couple of like songs and I'm like, yeah. And this dude next to me lights up his big fat joint. And I was like, Oh my goodness. All these kids are getting stoned. Wait, (laughs) that's what you do here. I forgot. (laughs) You know, just like one of those like getting old
0: uh, checkpoints. Dude, even, even when I was young, I would like go to concerts in smaller venues, not at like stadiums. And you know, people just like light up joints and pass around. I'm like, Smoking indoors, like, I don't know, guys, like, you're not supposed to do this.
1: Um. <laughs> we went to uh, Bill Burr at the forum. I went with Ernie and uh, he was like, before we were texting, like, oh, let's bring a joint. I was like, yeah. So we, we parked the car and Ernie's got the joint. He pulls it out and he goes, uh, where, where are we going to smoke this? And I was like, Ernie, we're fucking adults and it's illegal. And he's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just smoked on the way in. It's yeah. just, I think, I think just that
0: barrier of like, you get like ingrained in your head. It's how we grew up, man. Like yeah. I went to go see um Avatar 2 when it came out a couple years ago. Uh this is back in DC. And um we were in this like nice part of town, Georgetown, if you're familiar with it. Um and there's like an old movie theater there. And uh I my sister and her husband went in, and I was just like out on the in front of this movie theater, people walking back and forth, and I've just got my joint, and it's like, I'm just gonna light this up in front of all these nice people. And they're all going to know I'm getting high and no one can do anything. I'm like, wow, isn't the future great? <laughs> um, Flying cars? No. Smoke marijuana smoking marijuana outside the cinema? Like, just flagrantly just like, that's right. I'm going to get stoned and go see this movie, everyone. I'm surprised no one came up to me and was like, let me get some of that. Yeah, right? Especially Avatar 2. Like DC for fucking you. Fucking get in it. Although I'll be honest. Um, if I'm going to a, a show, I prefer not to smoke. I would rather take an edible because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just it's a more consistent experience. I'm going to see Tool in a couple of weeks. Ooh. They're playing at uh, the Crypto Arena. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Tool. I shouldn't say I don't know anything. I know like the first thing about Tool, which is that they're great musicians. Yeah. I couldn't tell you any of their songs. Yeah. I don't think I've listened to any of their songs, but I had friends in college in the frat who were like. In it. In it. Some tool heads, yeah. So I've always known that they're good and I saw that they were coming to town two nights mm-hmm. And I was like, "Fuck it! Like, this is going to be a good show. I don't know what to expect. I don't want to listen to any of their stuff beforehand. I want to go in cold. I want to get pretty stone." I was gonna say, "You're gonna go in there stone, and then yeah, yeah and roll like a guitar." And I know it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's on nice. Valentine's Day. oh uh-huh. And I thought this is, this is like, what music is. You go see these dope musicians, and you get like kind of high. And it doesn't matter what your expectations are; it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'm stoked, dude, I am stoked. <laughs> One of my favorite
1: things to do high is to ski. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just, it's so open, right? And like, you, you can't, you're, there's not a lot of people close. Even on the chairlift, you're kind of wearing all that shit so you're not, you don't have to really interact if you mm-hmm. don't want to. And uh, we went to Colorado when I was living in New York uh, with a bunch of pivotal people. And they had these like edible Toblerones. This is before like, you know, uh, it was legalized every like most places. They're like, hell yeah, let's take one of those. So I take like one of the little mountain peaks of the Toblerone edible. Dude, I never thought it was possible to be too high to ski, <laughs> but I was touching that
0: limit uh-huh. <laughs> and on the chairlift just being like, oh, oh, I don't know, man. So when you're that high, are you like going down like the double blacks? Are you just like, uh-uh, blue squares? Nice no, and no, easy. no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to charge it. But then okay. you don't, uh because the thing is when
1: you start skiing, you get in a rhythm, mm-hmm. you're not in your head. Mm-hmm. just going with the flow and I'm I'm a real good skier. But when you have time to figure with your thoughts on the chairlift, that's when it becomes a reality. Mm. And that was what I was not expecting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then there also was this like uh, the thing that wigged me out is they had this like quad, but they had a orange dome, like plexiglass dome. Oh yeah. I've over. seen those. Yeah. Like a wind that was the first time I ever experienced it and I was super high. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a, you know, little perspective altering moment.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, I'm a pretty good skier too. I've been skiing for a long time. I always get nervous when I'm getting off the chairlift. Just like, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to fall. I'm going to break something. I'm going to look stupid. Like, I'm going to, is it too soon to bring it up? Is it too late? You know, the whole story. And I think if I were stoned, I would, I would not be able to manage Uh this (laughs) situation. That that would be the end of me. I would just ride it right back down. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to ask my chairlift partner, like, hey, man, help me out. Can you yeah. <laughs> do me a solid here? Yeah. And you
1: get off, and you're like, "Yo, you want to hit this black diamond with me?"
0: What? <laughs> Dude, you couldn't open the thing on the chairlift. <laughs> <left. laughs> I'm not going down the black diamond.
1: I hmm. got some new gear this year. Yeah, I'm excited. Going to uh, Whistler in a week and a half, and then Utah, Salt Lake uh, in February.
0: Salt Lake, like Salt Park, Park City, in. or yeah, Park City. Yeah, yeah. Park City's dope. I've Park been Park there a Montana. lot of fun. I hear Whistler is fantastic. I've never been up there, but I hear it's just awesome.
1: Like, uh, we've got some friends that live in, in Vancouver and have a place in Whistler. It's like two hours away, two hours. It, wh- Vancouver is an awesome city to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, can you imagine? I'm just thinking of like, that's just such a convenient drive. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. Like eh, city life tired of this, this weekend, I'm going to go to a world-class resort
0: two hours away. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Vancouver once or twice when I was living in Seattle. I remember uh, walking around downtown, whatever the like, I think Granville is the street. And there were all these prostitutes walking around. And you knew they were prostitutes because they all had the same outfit on. It was like this hoe uniform, it was really funny. And um, I was a kid, I'm 24 or something. And like, I wouldn't say I was like naive, but you know, I wasn't terribly experienced. And I remember one time I was following behind these two chicks, these two prostitutes. Um, I was with my buddies and there's a bunch of people on the street, whatever. And they're, you know, they're walking around, right? And someone uh, behind me, not part of our crew, like kind of whistles at them or makes some noise, like gets their attention. And the one of them just like whips around and just like flashes this grin, this smile. And she's, it's, it, flash, it flashes right at me, mm-hmm. right? I think the guy is behind me. But anyway, I am like the full recipient of this energy. And it was like, wow, that is a business fucking, I will fuck you smile. <laughs> and I still remember it. It's like yeah. this core memory of like this. Core <laughs> memory. This woman just turning around and being like, yeah, baby. I just, Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
1: that's, that's the inside out from Pixar that they didn't show. Like no, the core yeah, memory well, ball. For, for it's for like, time.
0: yeah, you're making core memories in your 20s, too. Yeah. And if you're in Vancouver, downtown, you make certain kind of core memories. <laughs> that's a good Vancouver story. Yeah, that was a fun trip. That was a fun trip. Pretty town. Depressing. Northwest, you know. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Cool. Well, Well, we know how it goes. I will. Um, With that, I think we can uh, wrap things up. This has been another um, fantabulous episode of whatever our podcast is called. We know better. A long stroll in the woods (laughs) with two gentlemen. (laughs) A meandering conversation (laughs) by the fire. (laughs) Um, I am one of your hosts, Desmond. I'm joined by my other host, Steve. Hello. So if you enjoyed this, please uh, like the episode on whatever platform you get this on. Please subscribe if you'd like to hear more. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us with any questions. I'm sure contact information is on one of these websites. And tune in next time. Until then, stay groovy.